Church Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 116. I hope you are having a wonderful day, whatever time of day it is, whether you're driving in the car or going for a run or just getting ready for the day. I hope you're doing really, really well. Um, I am out here uh, on my mom's property, um, beautiful here in South Carolina. It's a chilly like 62 <laughs> degrees this morning, um, but just really, really beautiful out here. And uh, I've just been jo- enjoying slowing down. That's one of the things about the South <laughs> that is so refreshing is it's just slower, you know, even as you say slower, you have to say slower. It's just slower. Um, the days are going a little bit longer and I realize, wow, I am a busy, busy person uh, and I enjoy busyness. But it, every time when I come out here to my mom's house, everything's a little bit slower. Everything takes a little bit more time. Nobody's there's not very many people in a hurry. In fact, in, if you're in a hurry, people are like, what's up with that guy? You know, like my driving here, they don't know what to do with it. They're like, what's wrong with this guy from California who... Uh, just keeps getting up on my bumper and trying to get, you know, first in line or whatever. So I'm like standing back from the whole thing going, wow, I, I just have this incessant need to just go and do and accomplish and all that kind of stuff. And that's not bad. But sometimes when we slow down a little bit, it's actually a good reminder. It's good for our soul. So I hope that you've been able to, to find some time. Um, hope maybe even today, find some time, just slow down a little bit, go a little bit slower. Uh, Maybe it's taking 15 minutes today, just 15 minutes. Maybe it's taking 15 minutes, finding a quiet place and just sitting there, not scrolling on your phone, not doing anything, but just sitting and listening and being. And I think it's in that place that we really sense the presence of God. Um, and I, I do think that it's a part of where we start to, to sense his presence. You know, sometimes in our busyness of moving around and going so fast, we miss him, that he's here and he loves us and he's with us and he's near to us. And we're so busy running around accomplishing all that we feel like we've got to get done in a day that we a lot of times just miss that. So maybe for you, just need to slow down a little bit today and listen Um, And so I think this is a good start. You know, maybe it's a good start to listen to a podcast, listen to a passage and allow that to center you for the day. Maybe when you get done listening to this podcast, maybe you just stop, give yourself 10, 15 minutes just to be quiet, listen and be still. Hey, to all of you who subscribe, who uh, listen to these podcasts, who send it out on your social media feeds, thank you so much. It's deeply appreciated. I really, really do appreciate it. So thank you. And then for those of you who continue to give on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Front Porch Confessional. And uh, those who have been so kind to send checks and little Venmo things, I just uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for the support. I really, really, uh, I really do appreciate it. Okay, our passage for today is Romans twelve one. Romans twelve one. It says this: I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. My 
uncle, uh, he lives in uh, northern Michigan. Um, and my cousins and all our kind of my family, a lot of my family lives up in uh, the upper, or up close to the upper peninsula of Michigan. It's really beautiful up there. It's a little town called Harbor Springs and Petoskey. Um, but one of my cousins, uh, Ryan, uh, when he was younger, uh, got diagnosed with uh, diabetes. And I think it's type 2, which I think is the not good one, but I, I can't remember exactly. But he got uh, diagnosed with diabetes. And I remember it was like a big thing in our family. Like, wow, this was, it was very tragic. And and uh, he had to go through a lot of shots. And I remember that as a kid, like watching him have to be careful about what he's eating. I remember one Fourth of July that he needed, I think, some sugar because his blood levels were low, things like that. So I remember kind of watching this from a distance and then up close uh, time and time um, of watching my cousin kind of go through this. But, you know, I kind of grew up in a pretty sheltered world where it felt like nothing really bad happened. You know, at least I felt that as a kid. So watching him go through that was like, whoa. But I remember it had gotten so bad uh, that his kidneys were failing. And they were trying to find, you know, okay, who could be a donor and who could help with that? And my uncle actually was a match. And I remember my uncle sacrificing his body, one of his kidneys, and giving it to his son. And I remember thinking, like, wow, that was, that's incredible. Like, you gave him a part of you, you know? Not only did you, you know, uh, were a part of allowing him to come into uh, being, but now you're actually giving a part of your body so that he can be alive. And I thought that sacrifice was always like, wow, that's so amazing. And so if I think about that kind of sacrifice... Like if I think about that level of sacrifice, that commitment to, to, to a son, I think then what does God require? The kind of sacrifice he requires. You know, this living sacrifice that Paul is talking about and trying to, enter, trying to help us grasp what it means to live this life for the glory of God here on earth. And I have always been fascinated with the idea of a living sacrifice. Like if you just slow down a little bit and listen to that, you're like, wait, something, something feels a little off on that. And yet there's something really intriguing, something that draws you in with that idea of a living sacrifice. You know, a sacrifice in the Jewish culture was something that died. It's something that you, you killed, you know, and you, it, it, you killed it in order to make an atonement, right, for, for sin or you did something or, you know, something happened and you would make a sacrifice. And that usually meant that that thing died and you placed it on an altar uh, before God. And yet here Paul presents a very paradoxical idea. We are dead people, right, who are living. In fact, the more dead we are, the more we are alive. Oh, come on. Just sit in that for a second with me. Would you just sit in that with, with me for just a second? The more dead we are, the more we are alive. And that paradox for us is really, really important. That we are most alive when we are sacrificing ourselves. 
sacrificing our wills, sacrificing our desires, we actually come alive. We become more alive in Christ. And so Paul has this image of like these sacrifices that are alive, that in every decision, in every moment, in every way in which we live our lives, we're living it as a living example of all that God has done for us. And we are laying our lives down, laying our lives down as a way to say, this is not about me. This is not about my way. This is not about what I want. It's all about you. And it's all for your glory. And I am a living, a living example of what that looks like, that type of life, that type of sacrifice. But, you know, what does that mean? Like, really, what does that actually mean? And I'm as we're trying to process through this passage, I think a lot of times we, this is one of these passages that ends up on like, you know, bumper stickers or, you know, it sounds really great in a sermon just to kind of toss it in. But I, I, I wonder if you've ever slowed down with this passage, you know, like I, I've been trying to do and just kind of dealt with it, you know, kind of dealt with this passage. What does it actually mean to be a living sacrifice? What, how, why does that matter? What does that impact? Because this is what Paul is trying, I mean, he's starting off chapter 12 with this, or in this part of the letter, just trying to start off this part by going, hey, let's start here. Let's talk about this and what this means for your life, because there's a lot of other things that you're going to be invited into as it relates to following after Jesus. But this one, this one matters for you. This perspective, this way in which you are to live your life, it impacts everything. And what I started thinking through is, was the idea that our worship our worship, the way we live our life, you know, worship isn't just about singing songs. Worship impacts everything. Our worship is reflected in our dying to our will and desires. Our worship is reflected in our dying to our will and desires. When we do that, we actually, you know, I, I think we actually find life and life to the full. And so what I, I found in my own life, even as I started reflecting on some of these things and working through them, is that I'm not really living. I'm not really living because I'm obsessed with my own will and desires. I'm just kind of holding on to them and going kind of like, no, I, I think these are mine. I'll get, you know, I, I want you your salvific work, right? I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to be in heaven with you for the rest of my life. But I, I need to hold on to my will and desires. Those are mine. And he's like, no, you, you got to lay those down. Every day, every day you have to lay, lay those down. And this is what that means. Every craving, every desire, every thought, every passion. This is important. We, we, we bring, bring to the altar of the Lord and we lay it down. And we say this, it's yours, Lord, all of it. This breath right now. Just take a deep breath. Maybe you just need to do that today, right? Take a deep breath. Breathe that in. That's God's. He gave it to you. That heart, maybe just put your hand over your chest. Listen to your heartbeat. He, he gave that to you. Every breath, every moment, it's God's. 
And he's saying, lay down that will, lay down that desire. And so as I was processing through this passage, I couldn't help but think about Abraham. You know, I couldn't stop thinking about Abraham and Isaac. And um, I studied uh, the book of Genesis. I think I, I started studying it in May, uh, May and in, in a bit into June, but just kind of dug in a little bit and started studying about Abraham uh, and Isaac. And when I was uh, thinking about this passage, I was like, man, I think this is a perfect example of what Paul's trying to talk about. You know, Abraham waits 25 years. He was promised at like 75 uh, that he's going to have a son. And of course, it was like this, like, yeah, okay, this old guy, these old bones are, are going to, you know, <laughs> be able to have a child. Are you kidding me? But, but God's like, no, that's the promise. But he had to wait 25 years for this miracle uh, to happen. And so then his son, he gets to see the miracle happen. His son is born. He sees his son start to grow up. And there's this sense of like, okay, everything's okay. Like, it's great. Like, the promise is here. It's awesome. And then God says to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. Can you imagine how hard that would be? You know, most of us would say, nope, sorry, that one's mine. No, 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 no. You can't take a miracle back, right? You, no, no, no take backs. No take backs. Um, not going to do it. Sorry, not going to do it. But uh, in this particular narrative about Abraham, and as you read it, it actually moves very quickly, which indicates Abraham's complete trust in the Lord to intervene. He believed and he had faith that the Lord was going to be true to his promise. And as a result of his holy and acceptable way of loving and trusting the Lord, God provides a ram. But more importantly, God provides a reminder to Abraham that nothing, nothing is more important than this relationship and this trusting in the Lord. You know, and if you can just see Abraham laying down Isaac on the altar, maybe whatever, there's that thing in your life, whatever that thing is, and maybe you just need to lay that down, that will, that desire, that passion, that job. And you need to lay that down. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice every single day. That's what it means that holy and acceptable is a, a posture of your life that says it's all for you. You know, and most of us never get to this point. This point of sacrifice, we give in too easy. We allow logic and ration to outweigh a spirit-guided death for the glory of God. You know, the thing about the new covenant, about new covenant sacrifices, it is that there has to be a death, but there is always resurrection. I love that. Paul is encouraging us to live this kind of, of death and resurrection every day for the glory of God. This is real worship. And if we get ourselves all sideways on thinking that worship is something we do just in song, right? That's one part of it, but it's holistic. It's in every single thing we do. And Paul is inviting us into that way of living because death leads to life only when we trust in the one who raises us from the grave. In every moment, in every situation, there is a death and a resurrection that's happening inside of us. So the question I have is this, 
How can you die daily in order to really be a living sacrifice? Heavenly Father, we come to you on this amazing day, knowing that you, Jesus, you, Jesus, died and you rose again so that all could be made right before God. And that if we confess with our mouth that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we say, thank you. We want to model that, li- that way of sacrifice in our lives. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own